following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. First down, hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. Welcome into Talking Cowboys. It's a Monday edition, the Monday after the Dallas Cowboys fall to the Seattle Seahawks, 38-31. And while there are plenty of question marks throughout the first three weeks of the season for the Dallas Cowboys, I know one thing is certain, there's never a dull day as a part of this franchise and covering this team because they can't just get blown out. They can't just win and take care of the, the right things on a daily basis. They can't just do things to where it, it, it's easy for Cowboys fans. They've got to make it tough. They've got to make it controversial. And it's for the third straight week to start the 2020 season a one-score game and a one-score result. We're going to break it down. We're going to talk about it here on Talking Cowboys. Glad you're with us. I'm Kyle Yeomans alongside Isaiah Stanback, our resident Super Bowl champion and former Dallas Cowboy. Rob Phillips, our Cowboys insider and the great Ekma Harrison joining you as always. And guys, there are so many things we can impact right here. Once again, a laundry list worth of uh, worth of issues, worth of problems, however you want to say it, even positive some uh, that emerged out of that <coughs> Alden Smith uh, that we could talk about. But other than that, where do we start whenever it comes to the Dallas Cowboys loss last night against the Seattle Seahawks on the road? Rob, uh, really, what did you see in terms of your general thoughts, and how do we start breaking this thing down, man? It's one of the weirder two-week stretches I've seen with the Cowboys, with two of those games that were just strange. And the way I look at the game yesterday, it kind of evens out. This league always kind of evens out. They won a game a week ago they should not have won. They spotted too many points to Atlanta, found a way to win that game, and lost this one for a lot of the same reasons that they fell behind a week earlier. Way too many mistakes. And while you can say it evens out, it's still alarming because they're not doing the winning things you need to do uh, to take care of business. And it's, it's really at all three levels of the, def- of the team, offense, defense, special teams. And, you know, they've got to get it fixed. This is, you know, they're, they're entering a stretch here where you might think it's an easy stretch. It's not. Mm-hmm. If, they, if they don't take care of business and, and, and eliminate some of the sloppy things, and we're going to get into a lot of that, uh, they're going to have trouble against Cleveland on Sunday at home. That's, that's, just, that's just a fact. They did too many things to beat themselves in this game. Ekma? Yeah, definitely the, the, the self-inflicted wounds. It's, it's troubling to, to see when we do, you know, do something good, get a sack, and it's negated by pass interference or some type of penalty in special teams, man. Special teams, the just point after uh, attempts, are, it's becoming an event, and I don't think anyone is comfortable with that. And it's so crazy how uh, one week can change things, where we were just talking about how great our special teams is into this week. Man, I think we really got We still have question marks there, but defensively, the, the secondary, how do we get that fixed? Because we're, like you said, Rob, we're getting to a point of the season where every week we're going to start to see some pretty, pretty good uh, receivers. So, I, I, man, there's <laughs> so many things that we have to go over today, but the, the pass interferences and special teams, man, big, big question mark for me. 
Well, you know, to to kind of double back on what you just said, heck, you know, the uh, Dallas Cowboys for the second week in a row have plexico bears themselves. Okay, mm. they have shot themselves in the leg. <laughs> um, these, I mean, every every facet of the uh, of the game, special teams, offense, defense, all played a part in this loss yesterday. And you, we said it in the beginning of the week, you cannot make mistakes against this team. The Seattle Seahawks are too good of a team entirely on the, on all in all three facets really um, to make those mistakes and expect to really come out of the victor. So we got some work to do today, fellas. Let's go ahead and break it all down. Yeah, forty five minutes is not enough in terms of the time for us to to no. really get through this all. Luckily, we do have. Uh, shows every day this week throughout uh, leading you into the Browns week, yeah. which, like Rob said, it's not going to be any easy feat by any stretch of the imagination. But, guys, whenever you talk about the mistakes that were made, I, I know early in the game uh, we, we saw Dak Prescott throw his first interception in 262 or 292, rather, passing attempts. That's a Cowboys franchise record. So he's taking care of the football for an extended period of time. Now he's moved into the fact of he threw a pick. At the end of the second quarter, it allowed Seattle to go down and score with seven seconds remaining and take the lead heading into halftime. Then you come out, have a chance to really set the tone in the second half and really put on a, a, a very good show or uh, put on a very good drive at the end, or at the start of the, the third quarter and set the tone. You fumble it, a little strip sack fumble that ends up in another Seattle touchdown. It was a 15-point swing, 14-point swing that turns you around and all of a sudden puts you down 30 to 15 and that's where the Cowboys had to come back. How do you take care of the football better in key situations? That's what I think I'm most frustrated about, guys. I mean, I mean, you got to you guys are professionals, right? I mean, these guys are pros. I mean, I've been there before. You know, mistakes happen, but they can't continue to happen, right? They cannot continue to happen. Special teams dropping a ball on a kickoff return on a perfectly kick kickoff return, that's just not an option. Um, you know, taking care of the ball on offense, you know, we, we talked about this, the uh, statistics going into this where Dak had two in a previous three, I think, um, appearances against Seattle. He's had two touchdowns versus five interceptions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on the opposing side, Russell Wilson had five touchdowns and zero interceptions. That continued on, right? Um, you know, we you know he had another three turnovers, another two interceptions and a fumble. So, I mean, these are things that you can't do and expect to win the games. And obviously on the defensive side of the ball, they had guys running around booty butt naked, you know, and it's just like you just can't you can't do that and expect to win games. So these guys have to take it upon themselves for it to be important <laughs> enough for them to actually, you know, cancel out these mental errors, cancel out these uh, these mistakes that they're making and go out there and, and make the corrections needed to win games. Hey, Isaiah, quick question, man. On that route from Amari Cooper, the, the turnover and the, the, the interception by Dak, on that route, and he's throwing in between the hash and the numbers to Amari Cooper, was it more of the route that caused the interception or was it just a throw that was behind uh, that, that Dak uh, threw? You know what? I have to understand a little bit more about the techniques that are being taught on their on their on that side of the ball um, for them. But you know, from my stance, it looked like it was just a bad ball by Dak. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just it, it, actually, I don't want to say it was a bad ball. It was just a heck of a play by good Griffin. play by Griffin. Uh, yeah. Just call it how it is. I mean, he, yeah, this is a great play by Griffin. I don't think Dak nor Cooper were in the wrong again without knowing what's being how they're being taught to run that route specifically. Um, but I, I do know that watching that play, Griffin made a heck of a break on the ball and he snagged that thing out the air. He's definitely been on the judge machine. 
Yeah, he, he, he shot underneath it and he read it perfectly. Yeah. But I thought that Amari Cooper could have given Dak a little bit more of a target uh, on that. The way that he ran the route, I mean, just from the beginning to the end. So either way, I mean, the turnovers are what you have to look at that had the pendulum swinging, especially in the second quarter, yeah. where it looked like we got the stops that we needed, right? Uh, defensively, I know we're going to kill these guys as far as some of the, you know, sacks, turnovers, things that we're looking for. But defensively, that from the first quarter, up until that point, you know, look, aside from the 62-yard bomb to Metcalf that wasn't, right, there were just mm -hmm. a lot of things defensively that I felt good about uh, as far as getting uh, Russell Wilson off of his square and getting him out to make those throws. But, look, you said it best, man. It, it, the momentum swing at the end of the second quarter and the beginning of the third quarter, I think, was just we put so much against ourselves that it almost looked as though it was going to be insurmountable, but still – we gave ourselves an opportunity to win the game. The game had so many ebbs and flows because after those two turnovers, Mike McCarthy says, all right, I'm changing up my offensive line. Like, I don't, I don't want to typically change out more than one spot. Well, I'm going to go ahead and change three spots out. And I'm going to put Zach Martin at tackle. And it actually, mm -hmm. it actually worked. I thought they it settled did. down and protected better until that last drive. Um, yeah, you know, Dak... He said he threw a bad ball there. He threw it behind Amari, and I, he kind of got away with one, I think, on the first drive where he threw into coverage and it could have been picked. Um, but, I, oh, yeah. I, you know, I have a hard time. I, I just have a hard time putting too much of this loss on him. I, I know beyond, beyond just the stats, I mean, I think, I think once again, you know, we see what this offense is capable of in the passing game, and Troy Aikman kept talking about it on the broadcast over and over. You give it time, they can get back in this game because the Seahawks – so depleted in the secondary, the matchups were there. And, and, you know, I think for part of that reason, we didn't see a lot of Zeke just because that wasn't where the, the advantage was. And, and they were able to get some things going there. Like Heckma said, though, defensively, while they settled down in the second half, I think they gave up 144 yards. There's just too many miscommunications back there. And I'm not mm -hmm. sure if it's, if it's, there's too much on everybody's plate, like we talked about at the end of the week. I don't, I don't know if it's that, uh, but there's got to be something to it because whenever there's miscommunications, like Lockett running free, uh, right. like, like the other touchdown where he goes across the field and Diggs just kind of lets him go, uh, they, they've got to get that cleaned up. And they did a better job of it uh, because you saw some coverage pressure against Wilson in the second half, but it, it wasn't consistent enough. And that's kind of been the story of this season. They haven't been consistent enough in any area where you feel good about, okay, they've got this short up. Yeah, Rob, you're being so gracious, man, and, and I appreciate that, Rob. But in the secondary, like, like I said, I said these guys are running butt naked free, and yeah. whose man, whose man is that, right? How do, yeah, how do you lose booty butt naked? Booty, booty butt naked. Yeah, let's make sure you get that whose right. Whose man you. is that? Now, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, kind of going off of that, man. Going off of what Rob said, and in the way that he was talking about, really how the the turnovers affected the game, and the defense just had those miscommunications, and it really seemed like it got better as the game went along. But especially in that first quarter, second quarter, you could tell Seattle, like Atlanta did, saw something on film, and it turned in from uh, it turned from week two. The word of the day was resiliency. 
Now it's consistency. You can't keep that consistency. The consistency from the Cowboys' perspective has to start in the first quarter. You can't wait till the third quarter to get started again. It's the third straight slow start you've had. You had it against L.A. You had it against Atlanta. You had it now uh, against the Seattle. You can't wait until halftime to finally figure out your offense and figure out your defense to the point where you're able to put points on your opponent. And, heck, well, I don't know where to start whenever it comes to getting off to a better start, but really they haven't been able to do it yet. Um, but I, I, it's, it's got to go back to the secondary, though, for me. That's 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 where they had the biggest problems. If you know, if DK Metcalf doesn't pull a Don Beebe in the Super Bowl, <laughs> it's six touchdown passes for Russell Wilson. I mean, it's hey, it's you know, hey, it's Rob, just, it, I, I agree. I agree with you, and I disagree with you. The secondary definitely has some issues. However, Schottenheimer must have been on the payroll for the Cowboys yesterday because he abandoned the run early on and. Seattle was almost averaging five yards a pop with Carson and Hyde. And for some reason, he got away from that and started throwing the ball around almost every down, seemingly. So that it definitely exposed the receiver, exposed the secondary because they Seattle was throwing so often. Um, but they never stopped the run. There was there was never a portion of the game where you felt like Seattle couldn't run the ball. Yeah. And that's something that obviously going into this next week they have to address. Yeah. It's going to be something that's really big for the Cowboys moving forward. But something else that I, I kind of wanted to point out, if we wanted to look at uh, a positive side of things, and, and Rob alluded to this a little bit earlier, but the way that the offensive line was able to kind of shift around and find a rhythm in terms of really taking care of the football, or I guess blocking well with the injuries that they have on that offensive front, they were able to do that later in the game whenever they moved Zach Martin out to tackle. Then you had Joe Looney go to the right guard spot. Tyler Biotish came in and actually called the protections for the offensive line and I thought did a pretty solid job overall. What did you guys think of the shift on the offensive line and how that could potentially pay, play a role for this offense moving forward, guys? Well, I got uh, – it was Rob's tweet when Rob tweeted uh, – that Zach Martin was at tackle, and I looked at this. I noticed it on the screen, and I'm like, "Oh my God, what happened? Why is Zach Martin at tackle?" But it, it worked. It, it worked, and man, sh- what kudos to Biotish. I, I, I'm ready to say that the Biotish era has started here uh, in Dallas because he, second half wise, he he did a really good job, Kyle. Dave Hellman can vouch for me. I I tweeted or texted him the other week. This is that's the offensive line they need to have in the game, mm. you know, and, and because and, and it's and you're switching out too many positions than, than you probably want to, but if you're trying to get your best five healthy guys on the field, that's it, you know. Brandon Knight's probably your best backup tackle option, like pure tackle, even though maybe he can play guard too, and Martin can play anywhere. I mean, we've been talking about it for six years. Maybe he could do this. Maybe he could do that. Uh, but when you're in a situation where you know Terrence Steele has battled. But it, it, there's some tough matchups for him. Uh, you can move Joe Looney to tackle, he's, or to guard, excuse me. He's done that before. And they like Biotish. I mean, they, they think he's, he's got potential. And that just seemed like the best way to try to settle things down a little bit. And it's, it seemed to work. But all that said, it's still a problem because you're still, you're, you know, you've still got young players up front. And, you know, the, the communication's probably got to get cleaned up, too, because, you know, you guys are playing out of position, bottom line. Playing out of position. Yeah, for this, for this past week, obviously, I think. Go for it, Isaiah. Go ahead, go ahead, Kyle. 
Now I was just gonna say that you know, you know, kudos to to Coach Philbin and Coach McCarthy for making that call. Um, it, it was it was a very ballsy move, and it, and it paid off for them. I think obviously it didn't it didn't happen early enough. Um, but those guys did a heck of a job going out there and playing the positions that they were asked to play, and they and they started protecting Dak for the most part. Um, I think that the offensive line woes kind of start going away after this week, right? Obviously, hopefully we get Tyron Smith back, and you get uh, you get uh, Collins back. Um, the question remains now: Does Looney move over to guard? <laughs> or does he just not play? Mm. Uh, because you got Connor Williams over there, and then Brad Biotis. Do you let Biotis go ahead and take the center, or do you put Looney in? So uh, that's going to be a question mark going into okay. this next week that I'm very curious to see what happens. Going off of that, though, Isaiah, and you're talking about this offensive line, we're going into week four, which means Lyle Collins should be available at some point this week. Hopefully Tyron Smith, who was out on the field, who was getting in reps, trying to see if he was good to go. They were just making it a game-time decision where he was not able to go. But if, for some reason, both of those guys are back, is there a chance that Connor Williams, who has been struggling, who has seen really... I'm actually not even going to sugarcoat this. Whenever you get bullied by Puna Ford and LJ Collier, I'm going to be disappointed in Connor Williams. And he was. For the first couple drives of the game especially, he was getting bullied by Ford and Collier. Exactly. And throughout the rest of the game as well. He struggled. He has continued to struggle. Is there a chance that Joe Looney fills that spot, comes in at left guard whenever you get everybody back and healthy? Kyle, I think you have to go to that. I, yeah. I think you have to because you have enough tape out there to show you that Connor Williams is struggling. Mm-hmm. Even when they had just three guys coming, that created this, uh, the, strike, the, the sack strip. Uh, and that was from Connor's side. So we have to address it. And I was thinking that going into this game that we definitely were going to get a heavy dose of Zeke simply because we had two undrafted free agents at the, at the tackle position. How, what a better way to get these guys in rhythm and to have them fire off the ball but we you know they were basically uh in pass protection literally the whole game if 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 uh Dak is throwing the ball for 57 you know 57 attempts I didn't know we had an air raid offense but that's what we looked like yesterday Mike Lee style hey hey, hey, I think if my math is right is that 110 passes over the last two weeks that's a lot that's a that is a lot. I mean, maybe too much uh, for Dak. Uh, again, kudos to him. Four fifty last week, four seventy two this week. If you're just into the statistics of football and not winning, then he's balling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he is balling. But mm-hmm. once again, statistics don't matter. They really don't. And we saw that yesterday. Alden Smith was visibly disappointed after the game. He had three sacks, four pressures, yeah. four hits. Uh, he was all over the place, oh, and man. he was visibly frustrated with the fact that there wasn't a W in the win column yesterday. So I think uh, really overall, stats, of course, don't matter. They're great because you can evaluate guys that way, but you need to win. And yesterday was one of those games where you just didn't make the right plays in key moments, and Seattle did. That's the difference in the game, and that's the difference between a great football team and an average football team. And right now, that's what the Cowboys look like. When we come back here on Talking Cowboys, we've got some business to take care of in terms of a bet that I made with Isaiah on Friday. Now, we also are going to look at the secondary and break down what exactly happened between the safeties and the corners (laughs) on that miscommunication. We've got a couple things to take care of when we come back on Talking Cowboys. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. 
By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more, do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to Talking Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys take on the Cleveland Browns this week. Get your tickets now to see the Cowboys try and get back to 500 when they return to AT&T Stadium on Sunday, October 4th. A limited number of tickets are on sale now. Get yours today at dallascowboys.com slash tickets. It was a fun atmosphere the last time the Cowboys had a wild comeback against the Atlanta Falcons, and they needed a comeback yesterday. Didn't get it. 38-31, the final score up at CenturyLink Field. Glad you're with us here on Talking Cowboys as we break things down. But before we get into the secondary, like I said, I have some uh, I have some business to attend to, and I, I feel... You know, I'm actually excited for those who are listening to this podcast instead of watching it because it, it, this legitimately makes me makes my blood boil having to do this. But I made a bet with Isaiah last week that Ezekiel. Wait, Elliott, wait. What was that? This is easier than running to the star and back. This is easier than running to the star and back. I would rather run to the star and back. I would rather run to the star and back, which is wow. by the way the other the other uh, bet that I've made. I need to stop opening my mouth on bets on air. Or on Twitter because I yeah. keep losing them. Now, the last time I ended up getting C.D. Lamb for the Cowboys, I won't say it's me, but it helped, I guess. Uh, and a lot of people enjoyed that. <laughs> but uh, I made a bet that Ezekiel Elliott would have 100 rushing yards or 150 all-purpose yards in this game. And obviously, he did not. 34 yards on the ground, 24 yards through the air. And if I were to win that bet, Isaiah would have to wear a shirt of my choice, which I revealed to him yesterday as a Washington State Cougars t-shirt because he went to the University of Washington. Oh, no, that's a low blow. It was a low blow, but it it ended up working out for him because if I lost the bet, which is what happens, I would have to wear this jersey, which is an Isaiah Stanback replica, not replica, this Mm. is a game-worn jersey from his time with the Seattle Seahawks. 
and I will wear this for the remainder of the segment because Ezekiel Elliott did let me down. But while we're on that topic in terms of Ezekiel Elliott letting us down, I kind of want to go into the fact of what happened to him in the passing game, Isaiah, because really we talked about it a minute ago. He wasn't able to get going on the ground. But whenever he was through the air, or they tried to get him involved through the air, he had six receptions on 12 targets and a couple drops in there as well. Yeah, and uh, I appreciate you being a man of your word. Um, after today, I'll, I'll swap you out for this one. Okay, I'll bring you the, the stand back uh, Cowboys hey, jersey. There you go. I'll bring that one for you. That one's uh, a lot prettier. I'll wear that one all day. I, yeah, I got you covered. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> no, but um, no, I mean, they. First of all, Zeke should not be getting 12 attempts. They should be not, 12 passes should not be coming Zeke's way. Let's just start with that. Right? Um, I think the only reason why you ended up in that situation is because Tony Pollard, you lost trust in him. Right, Coming from last week and then coming into this week where he dropped the kickoff return. That's your third down back. That's the guy that you want receiving the ball and catching these screens and things of that nature, these swing routes and one-on-ones with linebackers. Um, so he got Zeke ended up being in that situation that he didn't want to be in. And we saw that obviously he just didn't he didn't do enough this offseason. Um, his offense was not set up properly against this particular defense to to be successful with the, with that with that type of approach. Um, you saw towards the end of the game, you saw the the other Griffin brother running around covered sideline to sideline. He was running around like a like a man with his hair on fire. Um, you had KJ Wright running all over the place, and it's just it just wasn't a good week to try to try to throw the ball to Zeke. Ooh, that thing tight This on thing you, is so tight. Oh, tight. my gosh. I can barely breathe <laughs> yeah, in this t- thing. <laughs> Isaiah, you're a big you guy. You can't say nothing with your chest in that. This thing is this thing God. is like suffocating. Oh, my gosh. Hey, Kyle, I'm here to pump you up. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I need to, like, work out a little bit more in this thing. This thing is tight. How's it, Franz, in the house? <laughs> I'll show off the stand back on the back, too. It's about the name on the I back of the jersey, way more than but the name you know on the front. Isaiah, <laughs> Isaiah, to 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 just go into what you said about Zeke. It's been it's always been my uh, opinion of Zeke that he is great at at, at catching. You know, at, out of the backfield, he's done a really good job of it over his four year career uh, to this point. It was just yesterday he looked out of sorts for some reason. I hadn't seen. Him looked that bad. And and a lot of times with the 12 targets, uh, there were balls that may have been thrown behind him. He still has to make that catch and get up the field. But if you go back and look at it, Isaiah, there were points, there were times that he had some daylight. It may have been a bad pass or he just didn't get, you know, didn't track it well enough. But I don't think that to go forward, we we are going to start looking at Zeke's weakness as being catching passes out of the backfield when that's been one of his strong suits out over yeah. the years. And and, I, and I, don't, I agree with you. I don't think that that's a weakness of his, but it's not what you want him doing, right? There, there should oh, be no. no there should be no game in Cowboys history or Cowboys future where he almost has as many pass uh, pass reception attempts as he does rushing attempts. That's yeah. just that should not even be in the same conversation, right? He had 12, uh, 12 attempt passes versus 14 rushes. Mm. Am I correct? Yep. So that's that's something that should not happen. Um, but in order, when Zeke is successful catching the ball, it's because he has been successful running the ball. So they never I got agree. that going. So you can't just all of a sudden abandon the run and go straight to passing him. Yeah, I I wonder if it's some of that where he wasn't in a rhythm period in the game, and and that because he had what two or three drops, and and I mentioned the screens, and the screens just weren't. I don't think they were dialed up at the right time anyway. But um, all we heard this offseason was 
I mean, I felt like he was going to have 100 catches instead of 100, you know, 300 carries in this in this season because all all we heard was he's running receiver routes in the offseason. I, yep. I agree with you guys. I think he's still a threat there. Um, I just think they went where they thought the matchups were. You know, they thought they could win on the outside, and that's they just kept doing it. And as you guys said, by the time they got to the second half, those two turnovers, now you're behind, now you have to throw. And that's how you get that's how you get 60 pass attempts. Absolutely. And, yep. and it's it's way too much. I mean, you know, if you feel like you you can win uh, and you want to go pass heavy, okay, if it's in the 40s, fine against a, a depleted Seattle secondary. But 57, that that's a bad recipe because you're also putting your you're putting so much strain on your offensive line to in pass pro over and over and over again. And it, it ultimately it didn't work out at the end. You give up a sack and then you got to heave it to the end zone. And, and another part to that that most people probably aren't thinking about is the time management side of the game. I think it was poorly managed by both offensive coordinators. Schottenheimer, he did a terrible job um, really containing it and really making sure that they ran the ball and controlled the clock so that Dallas didn't have those opportunities. And then on the flip side, Dallas threw the ball so much that as they started creeping back up in the game, right, towards the end, you talk about that last series, mm-hmm. why are we why are we throwing the ball towards the sideline? Why are these guys getting swing wraps? Why are they getting flats towards the sideline where they have to run out of bounds? You want to give that situation, you're either going to be up by one or up by five. Either way, either way, you don't you want to give Russell Wilson the least amount of time as possible. So mix in some doggone runs, dude. Keep it in the middle of the field. Those guys are going to be protecting that. So I mean, I, I just, I mean, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot there, a lot of meat on the bone where we have to get better. You have to get better and, and really have to get better in the secondary as well on the other side of the football. And we'll take a break here in just a minute, Ooh. but, and that's when we'll address it. I know I teased it the last segment. We're going to save it for the last one just to make sure we, we get every piece of that as well. But whenever you're looking at the, the offensive play calling, and I know I, I mentioned this yesterday on the, the post game show, but, it, it's really a, a simple, it's an easy, a lazy excuse to blame the play calling. What did you guys think about what Kellen Moore had to do? Don't don't go to the one shot on this thing. Don't you go to that one shot, Chris. I don't want need to be <laughs> taking up the full screen. Uh, whenever Take it. Talking about the Kellen Moore play calling and the offensive play calling, trying to get Zeke involved, but ultimately it was the 57 pass attempts. Where did things go wrong on Kellen Moore's side and what he could improve going into the Browns week, Heckman? I mean, when you throw the ball 57 times, anyone that you don't even have to be a football person to say that's that's way too many throws yeah. and, and just looking at the numbers and you didn't win the game just to get in that balance. And I know there's going to be a lot of people calling for Mike McCarthy to, to take over play calling. And that's that, that's been the going theme now for a couple of weeks, just trying to figure out what this offensive identity is going to be, because obviously we're not a run first team and we are obviously a pass first team and for good reason because we have three guys out there that we believe in can stretch the field but at some point because of the guy that we have running the rock we're going to have to get him involved in this game whether it was adjustments at halftime or something that Kellen Moore saw prior to this game as far as throwing the ball to Zeke 12 times I don't know but at the same time as far as the play calling is concerned we have just We just have to put Dak in a position to where he can lead this team to these first downs. We didn't have enough of those possession receptions uh, to, you know, change the the, the field position, uh, give ourselves an opportunity to be a part, be ahead of the pitch count. It just got away from us too soon where it seemed like every down was a second and a third and third and long. We just didn't have any advantages as it related to uh, down and distance. 
And, and we talked about that in the beginning of the week, right, Heck? Yep. And we, we talked about the fact that, you know, that Moore was going to have to try to stay away from the candy. Right, you guys remember I talked about the dangling candy, yep. right? Yeah. In, the, yep. in, in, in the lineups, right? How you had these guys that are going to be one-on-one matchups, and that they should have a field day against the Seattle secondary, and they did, right? They did. They ate up Trey Flowers, they ate up Griffin. They did a heck of a job. You had Wilson show up, Noah Brown showed up once again, and so you had five dudes out there that were balling instead of just the three. And even Schultz got off a little bit on KJ Wright too, right? So you you had the you had that at, at your at your at your. Uh, at your, at your at your pleasure. However, you still had to try to get the running game going. You had to give it enough chance, right? Enough opportunities to establish that because that helps your quarterback. Yes, you have a bunch of receivers out there. Yes, you have great matchups, but you have to find a balance. Even if it was 70-30 balance, right? Even it doesn't have to be 50-50. If 70-30 is your balance, fine. That's your balance. But 57 throws to 14 rushes for 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 uh, for Zeke. Come on, man. I'm as big a fan of Zeke as anybody, just what he brings to the entire offense in a lot of different ways. But I I need to watch the game back. I I didn't have a huge problem with what they did. I'm with you. I think they need more balance. You've got to be better than 57 pass attempts. But, you know, 522 yards, 31 points, it ought to be enough to win the game. And that's with turnovers. That's with probably you're basically losing the turnover battle four to one. Uh, if you count the safety there, too, that they gave up. And and yet you still put up 31. That's got to be enough, you know. And, and, and maybe that leads into the next segment because defensively, you know, it's just not consistent enough throughout the game to – to get you in position where your offense is doing enough to win the football game. Yeah, I think that's a great way to transition into it because uh, also the offense really put the defense in, in a couple tough situations, especially early in the game and throughout the, the second quarter, third quarter. I hate how you keep going to this one shot of me. But we're going to take a break. When we come back, the secondary <laughs> I, I is where it. we're going. I love it. I, I, it's so tight, especially like right down here. I need to work out more. Um, I need to run with the star in <laughs> the back. Uh, when we come back, let's talk about the secondary. Good what happened shot. on miscommunications between Xavier Woods and Darian Thompson, and how could that get better before they take on the Browns and Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr.? When we come back here on Talking Cowboys. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. 
Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you'll see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and find the perfect Essilor lenses for you. See more, do more Essilor. Take those lenses off right now because you do not want to be looking at your screen at the moment as what I'm <laughs> showing off. Uh, I, once again, for those of you who may just be joining us, I'm wearing this jersey because I lost a bet to Mr. Uh, Isaiah Stanback, who's in the box below me. And of course, uh, a that, great you, that you came at me with. I did. I was the one with. that yeah, did 150. it. Yeah, with 150. I know. I came at him and I was wrong. And it, it's paying mm. off for him came right at me, now. Bro. It's, 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 somebody said I have a somebody said I have a retired punter's body uh, in the comment section, and I take that as a compliment because oh. I mean Pat McAfee looks pretty good right now and he's making some money, so I'll take that if if that's what it takes. I'm cool with it. I said I looked like a. I was gonna say McBriar, man. <laughs> oh no! One of one of, one of one of my favorite guys all time. Oh, Matt McBriar. Buddy, hello. Oh, I love that. I love that. He would he would agree with that. He would yeah, agree with that's that. probably true uh i I was equating it to like a like a tight end and i'm talking tight end because this jersey is so tight like it's cutting off my circulation (laughs) hey more like janikowski yeah there you go janikowski's a bad one oh man but uh hopefully we can give you guys a couple a couple laughs on a day where it is frustrating to be a cowboys fan as they fall to the seahawks yesterday 38 31 uh, I don't know. You guys might have to get pliers and scissors to get this thing off of me. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> but whenever we looked at yesterday's game, the, the first thing that stuck out with was the secondary. And Isaiah broke it down yesterday really well on the postgame show. But I wanted you to do it again here, Isaiah. What exactly happened on that first Tyler Lockett touchdown where he was wide open? What, what was the term you guys used earlier? What was that? Booty butt naked. There you go. He was that in the end zone, wide Booty open because of a miscommunication. Yeah. But what exactly happened on that mm-hmm. play? And it really happened throughout the game. Yeah, so in, in that particular play, um, actually even prior to that, right, even last game against, against the Falcons, Dallas exposed themselves that they are susceptible. They're susceptible to over routes, deep over routes, deep post routes, any routes that are crossing the safety's face. They are struggling with that. Um, so what happened on that play is you had a cover two, right? So cover two, you had two safeties that are sitting back there. You had Woods and you had Thompson, right? Both of those guys are sitting back there. And when you're playing cover two, they each have a half. Right, they're responsible for a half of a field. Anything that comes in this in that deep secondary, they're responsible for as long as it's on their half of the field. So what you had was you had DK Metcalf who was on uh, who was on Woodside. He was on he was on Woodside, and he faked as if he ran a post route, mm-hmm. and he he acted as if he was going to run a post all the way across Woods' face, all the way over into Thompson's area, but he didn't run it all the way over there. He broke off the post route. He put his foot in the ground and he broke it back towards the sideline. 
Meanwhile, Woods had lo- had locked in all the way on DK Metcalf. He wasn't worried about anything else. And while he was so locked in, he had gradually started working his way down from the, his secondary position, which should have been about 20 yards deep. And then on the other end, you had Lockett, who was who was running a true over route and ended up crossing Thompson's face and getting behind Woods as he came into Woods' half of the field, in which he should have been passed off. Right. When guys right. are crossing across, you're supposed to pass it off. Hey, Heckman, his guy's coming into your zone. Hey, Rob, he's coming into your zone. And they did not make that communication. Mm-hmm. Woods got his eyes caught on DK Metcalf, and Lockett crept behind him. And Thompson was expecting Woods to pick up that crosser. Yeah, they bit on a lot of routes yesterday, yeah. uh, and the ball was just thrown right over their head. And so you saw that it was it was easy work for Russell uh, on that pass because as soon as he saw twenty five bite up, I mean it was it was a race uh, to the pylon, or not a race to the pylon to the goalpost uh, for Lockett, and he made it look easy. And there were a lot of throws like that that looked easy. You talk about communication and passing off just on that last. Uh, yeah. Uh, the last touchdown for DK um, where Thompson had him and he knew he had deep responsibility and he comes right across his face to that corner route and burns him for a touchdown. It's just little things like that that we're doing in the secondary that I don't know if going into the season we thought that these guys were going to make those plays and, and Golly, guys like Jordan Lewis that had a, a really rough day yesterday. It's just, I mean, if you want to pass the blame hat around, it's a lot of people that you could put that hat on. But that, those are just communication errors. Those are just when you, especially when you see guys running booty butt naked. <laughs> hey, and, and, and hey, and to add on to that, right, the thing that's more worrisome to me than just the communication errors, because you can fix communication. Yeah. Right. You can yeah. fix communication. You can watch film. You can do walkthroughs. You can do all those things. The coaches will make those corrections. The thing that's worrisome to me is the route that DK Metcalf ran in order to grab uh, Cheeto's attention, not Cheeto, but, but Woods' attention what? was the fact that was not in the route tree. That's something that you draw up specifically because it's something that you saw on film and you know he has a tendency to keep it to bite on things. They drew that play up just for that. So it worked perfectly and if they find any other witnesses going into this next week they better they better sure those things up because that means that these guys can target them and get exactly what they want based upon the coverage you know even in the even in the Metcalf what should have been a touchdown and Diggs punched it out that was some kind of miscommunication too because I don't think Diggs he wasn't playing like he was in man coverage and it looked like Xavier should have been deeper or helping or something and it I I don't Isaiah is that like it's not a product of the defense being not simplified enough, right? That's just that's just no, basic that's, that's secondary just being, coverage. That's that's just being yeah. disciplined. Uh, they they found Seattle saw that that Woods likes to have his eyes in the backfield. That's that's just pure facts. Mm-hmm. And you they, you could do enough to kind of draw him down in there. That's why they ran stutter a little stutter go on the outside and got they, they ran right by Diggs, obviously right. And Woods was nowhere near to help because his yeah. eyes were in the backfield. I mean, they were in the right defense on that play, and actually, it happened into the third quarter. Same, they ran the same go route basically, yep. and the, and they and the cowboy the communication was cleaned up, and they stopped it. But yep. it only takes a couple plays like that to lose a football game. I yep. mean, it just you know, and and it it happened. You know, the the crossing route you guys talked about, also the two point conversion. Guys, oh, just, God. guys, guys, just running free, and and it's just it's it's just a communication issue on top. You know, Lock, Lockett did the same. It was the same route to Lockett as well. I mean. <clears throat> Hollister, the tight end Hollister, he burnt us twice uh, on play action. So I don't know. It's it's in the red zone. They make it look so simple. And, you know, crossing route, 
right. or even uh, to lock it in the in the red zone. So, man, they were just having it their way yesterday. It's, it's, it's tendencies, guys, right? So, like, we all have tendencies even speaking on, you know, speaking on here. Yeah. Right? There's things that we do naturally that we have to identify and we have to try hard to work ourselves out of, Absolutely. whether it's saying, whether it's saying, um, or whatever it may be, right? There's things that we have to acknowledge. And in football, it's no different. You might have a tendency to creep up, right, out of your depth, right? You might have a tendency to go back on a kickoff return. There's things that your body naturally does, but you have to be able to identify them and make the corrections because the other teams are professionals and they are paid to watch enough film to find your tendencies. And when they find them, they are going to test you and expose them. My tendency is to make stupid bets and and get those things on air. That, <laughs> We're exposing you too. Yeah, and, and I'm being exposed for it pretty much. I mean, we can expose it a little bit more. But, I mean, whenever you look at some of the tendencies and some of the, the miscommunications, this is the final question before we get out of here. I know we're already running long, Chris. But really, whenever it comes to Mike Nolan's defense, a, a lot of the blame can go his direction on the fact there is that miscommunication. Rob, I think even you mentioned it in the first segment. Is it because there's too much on these guys' plates? Is it because there's too much to learn in such a short offseason, the fact that you didn't have those OTAs, you didn't have the the full training camp, you didn't have the full preseason? Is that catching up to the Cowboys now and the fact that there's just confusion in the backfield? I don't. I don't know if it's a product of a scheme that's just way too complicated, though. I, I don't. I don't see that when I watch it. And I mean, a lot of what what you're talking about with with disguising things pre-snap is with your front seven. Yeah. And you know, I thought the front seven was pretty solid overall in this game. I mean, there's some things you definitely can nitpick, but Russell Wilson looked out of sorts at times. Yeah. And and was missing open receivers, and I think it was right. a it was a product of not only not being comfortable where. Uh, you know, in the pocket, but also they weren't, a lot of times they weren't giving him ways to scramble. They were being disciplined in their rushes. Yep. That yes. part of it, I th- yeah, I mean, I think that part of it you, you definitely can build on. I don't really, I know that's a talking point, but I don't, I don't see a scheme that's just overly complicated right now. I don't know about you guys. No, these guys are facing some dudes at receiver. And they're facing some really good offensive coordinators that are exposing their weaknesses. That's simply put. There's just no excuses that are made. The schemes that these guys are running, you guys, Kyle, I sat there and watched it. I would call out coverages before the balls even snap. Yep. These are basic, basic coverages that these guys are that guys are running in high school. The thing, the only problem is these guys are not used to playing with each other and they're not communicating well. And they're using that as a scapegoat to say, oh, no, we have to pull back on stuff. The heck with that. Figure it out. I love and that. This week we have a guy by the name of Odell Beckham coming uh, to town, and we can't lose track of him. Or Landry. Let's just let's just start with that. And yeah. a pretty good running game too. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. I mean, you talk about Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They really went good. off yesterday. Yeah, really good running game, and somehow Baker Mayfield's starting to figure it out. And the Browns are above 500 for the first time since 2014 and that's who the Cowboys got this week it'll be a ton of fun we're going to break down that game starting on Wednesday still a lot to get to when it comes to this 31 the or 38 31 loss for the Cowboys on Sunday against Seattle bring your questions tomorrow fans on the 50 don't hold back bring them on Twitter bring them on Periscope I don't care send me a, a carrier pigeon with your question I don't care I just need the fan questions that way we can break it down answer those for you and figure out what exactly the Cowboys need to do to get back to 500 this week against Cleveland and then start making a run for the playoffs but if there is any silver lining 
They're still tied for first place in the NFC East. Thank you, Washington. Thank you, Philadelphia. Thank you, New York. Because right now, the NFC East is just looking pretty least at the moment. And thank goodness for that. But saying there's a chance. There is definitely a chance. (laughs) There's definitely a chance. Get in the tournament. The old Lloyd Christmas. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. But that's going to do it here for Talking Cowboys here on this Monday. For Heckma Harrison, for Rob Phillips, for Isaiah Stanback, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!